gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast this week. Hope everybody is doing well and being safe. And um, I am so excited to for this podcast today. Um, I'm I'm excited to share this um, this this with you guys. Um, and um, one of the things that I love to do, is, one of my favorite things to do, especially when I'm preparing for a sermon, is I love to uncover and learn new things about scripture, about story. I love tearing things apart and and finding out why did somebody say what they they said why was this story written in the bible um who were they writing it to and and when we do that greater truths emerge we've been doing a sermon series here during this advent season about the characters around the nativity um we looked at the wise men the first week and just sort of like dove into you know the magi who were they where did they come from what were their belief system last week we looked at the shepherds and and kind of identified the reputation that shepherds had among people um of 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 that time and why it was so radical that the good news went to them first and so this sunday what we're doing is i'm talking about joseph joseph the adopted father of jesus the husband of Mary. And over the last few weeks while I've been doing Joseph, man, this this thing has come up that I'm I'm not gonna use in this in the sermon, but it was just so interesting and so uh, something I have never, never in my life thought of, and maybe some of you have, or some of you might even know this, which is fantastic, but it was this has just been mind blowing. And it's but it but what it's doing is it's making a lot more sense of the Bible. And it's making a lot more sense of the story. So we're going to do something today. And and if you want to follow along in your Bible, um, that might be helpful. You can pause me right now and then go get your Bible. Or if, if not, you can listen to what I'm going to say because we're going to kind of do an old-fashioned Bible study on a podcast, which I don't know if is legal, but um, we're going to do it anyway. So what we're going to do is we're going to start in the Gospel of Matthew, the very first chapter, the very first verse. And the first 17 verses of the Gospel of Matthew are some of the most boring verses in the Bible. Let's just call it what it is. They're especially prevalent in the Old Testament, and that is uh, genealogy lines, Oh yeah, you read the Old Testament. So and so is the father. So and so the father. So and so the father, and they're so boring. So many times we just flip right past it. But especially today, in this story, if we do, then we might miss something. So Matthew chapter one, verse one through seventeen, is the genealogy of Jesus. Okay. It, that, that's what it says, the genealogy of Jesus. Some people have said this is the genealogy of, of Joseph, but it's the genealogy of Jesus. And it starts with Abraham. Okay, Father Abraham had many sons, 
and Abraham was the father of Isaac, who was the father of Judah, who was the father of Perez, who was the father on down and down and down and down to King David. Then King David was the father of Solomon, who was the father of Rehoboam, who was down to Uzziah, Manasseh, all the way to the de- deportation of Babylon. Then, after the deportation of Babylon, so-and-so, the father, so-and-so, all the way down to we get to Jacob, another man named Jacob, who was the father of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born and called the Messiah. And then, and this is really interesting, and this is a clue that we're going to come back to here in a second. Verse 17 said, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, those were 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. So from Abraham down to David, so-and-so the father, so-and-so the father, 14 generations of those, 14 of those. Now from David to the time that they were deported into Babylon, 14 of those. And from the deportation of Babylon all the way to Jesus, there was 14 of those. Until we come to a man named Jacob, who was the father of Joseph, husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born. Now, interesting as it is, this isn't the only genealogy chart we have in the New Testament. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, actually has one of his own. And it's not as well known as this one because it's kind of tucked in the middle. Um, the, his genealogy is given not at the beginning, but it's it's actually when Jesus is a grown man. And it's in chapter 3, verse 23. He says, when Jesus was 30 years old, he began his ministry. He was the son of Joseph, right? Who was the son of Halai. Wait a minute. According to Matthew, Joseph's the son of Jacob. But yet here in Luke, it's very clear. Joseph is the son of a man named Halai. And even if you go down and you go through both of these genealogy lists, because, of course, Matthew, his genealogy starts with Abraham. But actually, in Luke's, he goes all the way back to Adam. (laughs) And so they look through these genealogies, and there are some similar names, which you would expect. Because in Jesus' day and in those times, names, they used common names. There was no, like, out-of-left-field weird names for people like Dewan. That didn't exist. There were common names. So as you look through these two genealogies, you see some common names. But what scholars point out is there are more differences than there are commonalities. And that if you took the name Joseph out of both of these, uh, the Joseph who was the father of Jesus, then all of a sudden you would say these genealogies don't match up. So what we have here is we have Matthew giving one genealogy and Jacob 
as the father of Joseph. And Luke, given kind of a totally different one, with a man named Halai as the father of Joseph. And and we look, well, maybe somebody was confused. Well, here's the thing. In Jesus' day, because names were common and because there was no last name, many people, well, all people, when they identified themselves, they would use their father's name. Oh, okay, so we got a whole bunch of Johns running around here. Well, which John are you? I'm John, the son of Jim. Okay, great, now we got you. And if you look in the New Testament, that's what happens a lot. When Simon comes on the scene, Simon, son of John, in the Gospel of John, when Jesus calls James and John, they're the sons of Zebedee. When when uh, uh, Jesus is, is often referred to by commoners, it's Jesus, the son of Joseph. So when you're identifying someone, not only getting their name right is important, but getting their father's name right is important. But yet here we have Luke having Joseph, son of Heli, and Matthew, Joseph, son of Jacob, with two genealogies that are about as far as you can get contradicting each other? What's what's going on? Well, <laughs> there can only really be two possibilities. Number one, somebody messed up, <laughs> right? Somebody, somebody got the genealogy. Matthew or Luke just totally, I mean, one of them is just totally wrong. They're totally off base. I mean, they totally have because you can't have two different fathers and two different or hang with me here they're two different people and some of you are like what wait a minute mary had one husband and his name was joseph agree and the only explanation that this could make sense of is if this joseph one of the josephs who wasn't mary's husband but was associated with mary would have to be her father. Now, now hang on. It, it, we'd have to prove, or at least try to connect the dots, that one of these Josephs is her father, because it couldn't be a brother, it couldn't be an acquaintance, it couldn't be a friend, only a father. And the thought, the first thought, well, that is weird that she has a husband named Joseph and a father named Joseph. Not too weird at all. Again, Joseph, very, very common name which would make sense that the people that are writing the story would have to identify the Josephs apart by get, by identifying their different fathers. Go back to the Matthew genealogy. In the Matthew genealogy, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom born baby Jesus. Now, in the Greek, which was what the Bible was written, the Greek word for husband is the word sezegos. It would be like S-E-E-Z-E-E-G-O-S, sezegos. And every time in the Bible that there is a Joseph and Mary comparison, it is Joseph being defined as Mary's Sezegos. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, the Sezegos of Mary. 
and said, escape to Egypt. <laughs> the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, the sea ghosts of Mary, to return to Nazareth, not to go back to Bethlehem. Every time in the Bible when it talks about Josie, the, the, <laughs> Josie, Joseph, the Greek word that is used to attach him to Mary is Sisygos, which is translated husband. This happens in every instance but one. Guess where the word Sisygos is not there? Matthew chapter 1, verse 16. In the original Greek, where the, the interpretation says Joseph the husband, the word for husband there in the Greek is not Sisyzos. It's Andra, A-N-D-R-A. And the fundamental definition of Andra, that's where we kind of get our word anthropology, is just the word the man. <laughs> so the literal translation is Jacob, the father of Joseph, who was the man of Mary who bore baby Jesus. Now, we think of that like, yeah, okay, well, that, that makes sense. I mean, that's how we refer to uh, to our husband is he's our man or, you know, stand by your man and, and all that. But that's not the language they would have used. In that society, when a father had a son, the son would always live on the family land. The father had a bunch of land. The, the, the son would build a house on his feather family land and expand with kids and grandkids. And the father would teach the son how to do the family craft, how, how to fish, how to hunt, how to farm, what, whatever it was that the, the father did and the son would live and the father would father the son. However, if a couple had a daughter the daughter would one day leave the land the daughter would one day become married to a man who would take her to his land to his plantation to his group to his family you see if you had a daughter she was not going to stay there she was eventually going to get married and leave and especially in the Old Testament, when you see these so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so, or so-and-so was the father of so-and-so, always is it when a son is born is that they're the father of them. But when it's a daughter, and you see a rare instance of a daughter, the father isn't referred to as a father, but more of a caretaker, attending to until a man comes along and takes over. And in this instance, this Joseph in Matthew is not referred to as the Cesios of Mary, but the man of Mary. Would it make more sense that we have two totally different genealogies? We have two totally different fathers, and that's because they're two different persons. Now, hang on for me. A, a couple more things that I think would make sense of this, if this is correct. Let's just assume, let's just assume that it's, that it's right. One of the things we're told from Old Testament prophecy is that Jesus would be of the lineage of David, the, uh, the root of Jesse, who was David's father, that it was very important that the lineage of Jesus be a kingly, mighty, he, he's going to be the king of kings, 
the star of David. In the Matthew genealogy, the names are kingly names. The Uzziahs, the Manassehs, the Solomons. In the Luke genealogy, they're more um, priestly names. Matea, Matthias, Matthias, this Matthew, this Maccabean priestly name. And if, if this is Mary's genealogy in Matthew and Joseph's genealogy in Luke, then it would make more sense why they would be different. And also, back to verse 17. So the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations. And the deportation of Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. If you count in the list of genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, from Matthew 1, 1 to 1, 6, there are exactly 14 generations. From Matthew 1, middle of 6, down to 11, which would be David to the deportation of Babylon, there are exactly 14 generations. From Matthew chapter 1, 12, 16, from the de- deportation of Babylon to the birth of Jesus, there are exactly 13 generations. Unless you count Mary as one of those generations. Then there are exactly 14 generations. And so what that means is that Jesus bloodline, which the only blood he has is from Mary's side of the family. But since he was conceived, she was conceived by the Holy Spirit, would have direct bloodlines to this kingly, kingly line genealogy that was so prophesied about. Now, now, okay, what does this change about anything? It doesn't. It's interesting. Let's just say it, it doesn't change the fact that that Mary uh, married a man named Joseph, and 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 that that Jesus was born, and Jesus did it, the miraculous birth. Doesn't change any of that. But here's what it does say, and here's what it says to me: is that sometimes people read the Bible and they read things like this. They read they like some people read these two genealogies and say, you know what? That's what I don't get about the Bible. It contradicts itself. It it, it doesn't make sense. And I think the beautiful thing is once we take time to look, it can make sense because even though this book, this Bible that we love, it's ancient and it's old and it's been around for thousands of years, it still speaks. It still has stories. It still has things to uncover. It's still fascinating. God is still revealing. God is still moving no matter what and 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 people and, and that's what I've always said when people who kind of stick their heels in the sand and this is the way it is like you've got it all figured out like God has revealed everything to you and there's no more things for God to reveal to you no we should expect new things we should expect to see new things and experience new things and to search and to study and to to listen and to be open because sometimes when we are then things start to make more sense in everyday life, 
in scripture, in church, in religion, in theology, in, in just our home life, in our marriage life, whatever we should always expect for new and exciting things to come about. And that's the message of the birth of Jesus that I think that we often lose is just how radical, how powerful, how outside the box, how shocking. Sometimes we become so, so um, connected with the story. We've heard it so many times that it loses its wow, shock, wonder, awe. And that's when we become dull and that's when we become set in our ways and that's when we become you know uh, there's no more to learn there's no more adventures to go on and stories to over no we should always be on an adventure as christians we all should always be looking for what god is going to uncover and to do next in this christmas season and that was just that was just a little story <laughs> something but that really doesn't change anything but it's just interesting and and it's provoking and it gets us talking about God and, and Jesus, and, and that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. And so my hope this Christmas is that we rediscover Jesus in new and exciting ways, that we look for something new and exciting, because that's what God's doing. That's what God's up to, bringing about redemption and repentance and change in all of us every day. And may we wake up each day like that kid on Christmas morning with our eyes open, open full of wonder saying god i don't know what you've got in store for me next but i know it's going to be so cool and i can't wait to experience it so i hope everybody has a great week come sunday checks out we're gonna talk some more about joseph now that we've kind of got a little background on on this story we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about joseph the husband of 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 mary we're gonna make that very clear um so uh come check us out we'll be at church. I uh, have 1045 service, 845 service. Um, check us out on Facebook and also um, covenantchurchofada.com is our website. Hope everyone has a blessed week. Bye-bye.